0: You're listening to Your Jewish Life Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2021. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life your way with easy ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about without having to compromise life's everyday hustle so save your kvetching because we are talking less jewish guilt and more jewish joy here on out yalla forget about the right and wrong ways to be jewish it's time to create a jewish life you love living So I wanted to begin with sharing a bit about my Jewish life. You know, why did I start this podcast, Your Jewish Life Your Way? Why did I start this community? How did it come about? I'm going to be speaking a bit about my own experiences, my story. I live in London, you know, what does it feel like to be Jewish in London? I've also lived in Paris, New York City, and Tel Aviv. Um, And I'm going to share some stories of Jewish life in in those three cities, in those periods in my life and just tell you a bit about my story why I started this community this podcast and I would absolutely love to have a conversation with you I hope we can kind of get to know each other better through me sharing my story I'd love you to react and respond to what I'm saying over on Instagram we've got a very active Instagram account I'm at your Jewish life come and find me on there and and I'd love you to um, hit me up with a DM um, with any responses to today's episode or even better take a screenshot and tag me at your Jewish life so I can really get to know you and a little bit about you, let's be loud and proud on Instagram. I want you to you know hashtag your Jewish life your way or my Jewish life my way and and share with the world um, you know why you're Jewish and proud. because um, I want to get these conversations going. I want us to be talking. I want us to share experiences. I want this podcast to showcase the diversity of Jewish voices of Jewish life. And what it means to be Jewish in 2021, 2022. So I'm going to dive in. I'm going to tell you. Let's start. Well, let's start with my story of why why I created this community. And then I might rewind a bit back to my um, childhood and growing up as a Jewish girl in London, just to sort of give it some context. So. How did this all come about? Why do I have a podcast? Why do I have a community? We've got a very active Instagram community at Your Jewish Life, but but much more sort of special and uh, it's kind of an incredible world of its own is Smashing Life, which is my membership community club for Jewish and Jewish women. It's an incredible space, safe, supportive space where we, we live our Jewish lives our way. But how did I get here? Why did I start this so This journey all started in 2012, when I was engaged to be married. Um, I had met my husband one year earlier in 2011 um, on a blind date, Um, he's Jewish. Um, We were set up by a a mutual friend. Well, she's an Irish Catholic actually, and she she worked with my husband's sister she knew I was single and I was dating and she said how about a blind date with my with my work colleague's brother I think I think he's a great guy and it was one of those blind dates where the waiters were putting the chairs on the tables by the end of the night and we were still talking and getting to know each other it was a good it was a good blind date and one year later we were engaged I should add, I was uh, in my late 30s, well, sort of mid, mid to late 30s by then. So I was very ready. I always wanted to get married. I thought I wanted to get married when I was sort of 20, 25. I just always wanted to get married and have a family, but life, life uh, didn't happen that way, as it never does. I'll rewind in a minute to my childhood, and I was engaged, and I was planning a wedding, planning a Jewish wedding. Now. Um, I was a branding and digital designer I had my own agency called cinnamon creative and uh, I knew I wanted to sort of put a creative spin on the wedding but also have all those beautiful Jewish traditions what I certainly didn't want was the sort of Jewish wedding by numbers of this you know the same five-star hotel the same caterer the same band that everyone was having back then I was like no we're going to do it our way uh, but incorporate all those traditions and because I'm a creative person I sort of you know had the ideas myself but I saw fellow friends um, planning their weddings maybe not quite as creative minds were struggling and they were just basically doing what their friends did and it it just occurred to me that there was actually nowhere to go to look for inspiration or advice third-party advice for a Jewish wedding other than sort of your friends and your family and it was kind of going through my mind as I was planning that I wish there was a a blog or a magazine or something that that was made for me um even even for me like I didn't know that the bride and the groom can both smash a glass like we see a lot of that now on Smashing the Glass which is my Jewish wedding blog Jewish wedding platform um and if I'd have known that if I'd have seen that I would have smashed a glass as well but you know I didn't, and, and, and there just wasn't anything around me aimed at a modern Jewish sort of woman. Everything for weddings was either for non-Jewish, aimed at the non-Jewish market, or what there was for the Jewish market was very old fashioned and schmaltzy and did not appeal one bit. So I did my thing, I planned my wedding, but in the back of my head, I was thinking, I think there's a gap in the market here. I think there's a space for a Jewish wedding blog. Um, something to inspire couples to put their own individuality on their wedding put the stamp on their wedding that makes it theirs but have all those beautiful traditions and that was in the back of my mind as it happened uh let's say about 13 weeks before my wedding day we fell pregnant (laughs) I was 13 weeks pregnant on my wedding day Um, I'll put a link to my wedding in the show notes in case you want to see some of the photos and some of the the ways we made our Jewish wedding personal. But yeah, I was 13 weeks pregnant, so I was not long on maternity leave after I got married. And I thought, yes, I am gonna, I knew I needed something to keep my brain ticking on maternity leave. And I remember how I'd felt excluded from the mainstream wedding industry, not being talked to, not being addressed when I was planning my wedding. And I thought, I'm doing it. I'm going to start a small Jewish wedding blog uh, on my maternity leave and see what happens. I I knew it had potential, but um, from from a sort of creative point of view, I just wanted to start blogging some real Jewish weddings because that's what I wanted to see. When I was planning my wedding, I wanted to see real Jewish weddings, not sort of 99% non-Jewish weddings and the odd Jewish wedding somewhere or other on brides.com. By the way, I know I'm talking a lot about weddings, but this really does lead me to the lifestyle stuff and the old Jewish life your way. I'm just telling you the journey step-by-step step so you understand how I got here. And who doesn't love talking about Jewish weddings? I'm sure you're enjoying the story. I hope you are anyway. So I was on maternity leave, I started this blog, Um, I asked some of my friends to, uh, if I could blog their wedding, started small, and I had the intention that I would, I did want to turn it into a a business, I thought that it had potential, and I thought I'm just going to spend a year, you know, making great content, um, building up my audience, and then in a year I'll start looking for advertisers. As it happened, within three months, advertisers started approaching me. I was—I had a new baby, but I was also obsessed with this new baby. And I was obsessed with looking at the stats and all the different countries we were reaching and all the messages I was getting from wonderful Jewish couples all over the world, how much they were enjoying the blog. By the way, the blog's called SmashingTheGlass.com, if you want to have a look. And uh, there, there it was. It was, it was blooming and blossoming, just like my newborn was. And that was seven years ago. No, eight years ago. That was back in 2013. And um, it had, it grew very quickly. I soon put my um, other job, my branding agency, to one side to focus on this. It was, it was really exciting to have my own corner of the internet and it it just blossomed like within within a year or or two years I think it became the, the biggest Jewish wedding blog in the world and obviously it still is um we have we now you know within a few years I had a team offices in New York and things like that as well as London and then what happened was um we were you know every month tens of thousands of couples and wedding professionals were visiting smashingtheglass.com, we had Instagram and YouTube and all sorts of good stuff and we were reaching a lot of people but I was also at the same time getting a lot of personal emails and messages, can you help me with this, can you help me with that and I wanted to be able to help my audience in a deeper way. So I set up a membership community for brides, for Jewish brides Called Brides Club. You can you can find that at brides.smashingtheglass.com. It is amazing. It's really thriving. You know, I set it up to help you know brides to plan the wedding they want without the overwhelm, without the stress. There's like discounts and advice and community and sisterhood and meetups and and, and events and you know. But actually, as much as it was helping them um, you know plan their weddings, the the beautiful thing that I saw that came out of it was this gathering of incredible Jewish women from all over the world, meeting, going through the same life stage of of being engaged. And these beautiful friendships were being formed. And I realized that as much as my community was about wedding planning, it was also about identity and belonging. That was the sort of bigger thing that, that that started really fulfilling me, and still does. So brides club is still very much around, smashing the glasses very much around. what happened back in so this was remember I started the brides club in two thousand and eighteen, and then a year later in two thousand and nineteen, it was you know it's very established and and the brides were getting married and they started saying so to give you an idea of numbers, we have about two to three hundred brides normally in brides club at any one time, and the brides that were getting married were saying. Karen, you know, we just love Bride's Cup almost to the point where we don't want to get married. You know, I don't want to leave Bride's Cup. Can you start another community for life after the wedding? And the truth is, you know, obviously over the years of running Smash in the Glass, I've often thought about, you know, starting a lifestyle community or blog because that is the natural progression. You get married and, you know, what's next? But I always wanted to stay really good at doing one thing. I was the Jewish wedding expert, the Jewish wedding platform. I just wanna be absolutely brilliant at that and do it to the best of my ability and not start entering the lifestyle market. That was my thinking. But it was different when my actual members, my bride's members were asking me to do something for them. I was, I wanted to do it. I wanted to to do it for them. I wanted to, to see where it would lead. So I started something very small back in July, 2019, with I think 50, 60 or 70, around that number, founding members of Smashing Life, we called it. Um, smashing the Glass led into Smashing Life. Um, it started small and you know, I had this vision for a, a space. At that point, it was just for sort of Bridescale graduates, it was for newlyweds to, again, talk about the challenge, challenges of being Jewish, all the all the, all the fun, silly stuff as well, you know, memes and um, getting ready for the holidays and careers talks and finance gurus and secrets to long-lasting marriage and all that good stuff. And it was, again, another incredible, beautiful space. And then we come into 2020 and the pandemic. <laughs> the pandemic. Uh, the pandemic happened and suddenly... What we all wanted was online community. There's obviously been a rise in anti-Semitism as well. And it became abundantly clear that Smashing Life needed to be for more than just newlyweds. It needed to be for all Jewish women. And there was no reason why it shouldn't be for all Jewish and Jewish women, should I say. So one of our big things at Smashing the Glass is Jewish weddings. It's our sort of informal term for interfaith Jewish or mixed faith or multicultural, however, when you call it, we call it Jewish. If I rewind back just a little bit to my smash in the glass days, one of my big reasons for starting smash in the glass was some of my non-Jewish friends, sorry, some of my Jewish friends were marrying non-Jewish partners, wonderful non-Jewish partners, and they were struggling to plan their weddings because there was no blueprint for an interfaith Jewish ceremony or how to can they have a ketubah for an interfaith Jewish wedding can they marry under a chapa there they, they was just nothing so I knew when I started smashing the glass I wanted an area of the site specifically for those couples Jewish weddings Jewish couples we call them so that's always been a big part of our ethos so obviously with smashing life it's a big part of smashing life as well we welcome all types of Jews patrilineal Jews Jews who are converting Jews who are in the process of converting Jew people who are not Jewish but married to someone Jewish so we are an incredibly inclusive space and I think that was also needed as well um, in the Rosh Hashanah 2020 we did a huge um, free Rosh Hashanah festival for hundreds and hundreds of Jewish women online and then I decided from that festival um, people were so hooked and glued to it that we wanted to continue the journey with them and we wanted to let them into smashing life and we wanted to Smashing Life to be more than just for newlyweds. It was now for all Jewish and Jewish women. I should add that our sort of main age group in there is millennials, 25 to sort of 40, um, but we have all age groups. But it's very much a sort of millennial vibe and young vibe and just kind of an understanding of what what we need today and how we live our lives. And you know, we love what our parents have done and what we've learned from them, but we want to do things our way, make them our own, and and that's what's possible inside Smashing Life. So. Really from September 2020, from Rosh Hashanah 2020, it has just grown exponentially, Smashing Life. And alongside that, we've added so many incredible features to Smashing Life. So now there's a whole sort of membership lounge, We have um, sort of Jewish friendship dating. It's almost like a little friendship dating website. Everyone's got little profiles. You can get to know people really quickly, really easily. People in your area, people with the same interests, people that are reading the same books as you're reading or, you know, cooking, want to cook the same things that you do. There's all kinds of great ways to connect. We make it really easy for, my whole vision with Smashing Life is to build connection. Um, That's connection to yourself, connection to your Jewish identity and connection to others. Um, so look, I'm not going to Talks way too much about smashing life right now. Um, you can find out more about it and join the waitlist at smashinglife.club. It is so much fun in there. We have masterclasses, we have um, all kinds of festivals and um, challenges that we do, group challenges, and we have meetups and we have Hebrew classes and we have all all kinds of good stuff. It's what the members want, and it's just a place to live your Jewish life your way and build the life you want on. your terms empowered by the community it's really amazing and it's certainly the thing I'm most proud of today even though smashing the glass is still my baby as well you know that is doing so well um too so that's my sort of business story if you've got any questions around that please drop me a dm on instagram at your jewish life and i can kind of tell you more maybe i'll do an episode on a later date more about sort of business side of things i mean we i run with a team i have an incredible smashing life team an incredible smashing the glass team we are amazing Um, in fact um one of the upcoming episodes is with me and sam and emily two of my smashing life team members your jewish life team members you'll get to meet them a bit so watch out for that so that's And in terms of the podcast um, I wanted to start now that you know Smashing Life is two years old Our your Jewish Life um, Instagram and, and website is a year old and we just want to reach I want to reach more people with this message of your Jewish life your way because every day I get a DM at least one or two DMs on my Instagram account saying thank you for creating this thank you for you know showing us what's possible and for what you know, for different ways to spark Jewish joy. You know, being Jewish isn't about the shoulds. It's not about what you must do, even though you don't want to do it, because that's what you're supposed to do if you're Jewish. It's about finding the parts of the culture and the identity and the religion that spark joy, that, you know, whether it's... When I was in New York in in 2019, I bought a stunning Hanukkiah from... um, What was it called? From ABC... um, what's it called ABC home stores or whatever I can't even remember the name ABC something and home I'll get I'll get the see if I was doing this live someone would tell me in the comments I'm so used to doing a lot of Facebook lives and a lot of um, live stuff with my community where it's a bit of interactive so it's a new thing for me just talking to the microphone so I'm expecting you to respond and send me DMs on Instagram and tell me what you want to hear more of as well. So yeah, as I was saying, I bought this beautiful hanukkah. It is, I love all things clear and perspex. Um, I'll put a link to my hanukkah in the show notes. Um, it's this beautiful glass hanukkah that gives me so much joy. And it gives me so much joy that I have it on display all year round. I don't just bring it out at Hanukkah. And that's what I mean by Jewish joy, investing in pieces of Judaica that that bring you, that put a smile on your face, and you want to use them because they're so beautiful. Or it could be uh, Jewish joy is eating a bowl of delicious chicken soup, or dancing around the living room to your favorite Jewish music or Israeli music, or it could be eating a smoked salmon bagel, or it could be you know sitting with a Jewish friend talking about things that you know only you guys would understand. It doesn't matter what it is; it's the fact that that's the part of your Judaism that brings you joy and um, you know when I look back to what I was doing with smashing the glass when I started it it's all linked up you know Jewish weddings are Jewish joy and my mission with smashing the glass is your Jewish wedding your way you know have the traditions keep all those incredible rituals that we've been doing for centuries but make them your own so like I said earlier you could both smash a glass or you know instead of having a traditional chuppah we've seen chuppahs made out of all kinds of things like pom-poms and crazy flags and we've seen we've seen chuppas made out of i've seen a chuppa made out of books for a wedding at the new york uh, public library you know make it your own and that's our same ethos with the your jewish life your way movement in this podcast is do it your way so i'd love you to send me a dm on instagram what does your jewish life your way mean to you you know to me well i have just described it it's about doing things that spark joy taking out all the shoulds take all the shoulds out of it we are here on the podcast to give you all the information you need you're going to be learning a lot about traditions and rituals and um you know what's done but also i'm going to be giving you loads of ways to make it your own yeah tell me tell me on a dm and on instagram at your jewish life what does your jewish life your way mean to you i'd love to know so I also um, want to tell you a little bit about you know me growing up as well, I think it's really interesting to hear different stories of Jewish life and I'm going to be having all kinds of guests on this podcast, diverse Jewish voices and hearing about Jewish life across the world, um, all different backgrounds, you know, I'm going to be interviewing people from all different cultures, people, maybe also stories of people that have born Jewish and married non-Jewish, people that are not born Jewish and that have converted, um, you know, and what what Judaism means to them. It's just going to be, every episode you're going to, I want you to leave the episode feeling enriched, empowered, entertained. I want to hear lots of funny Jewish stories as well. You're going to hear lots of that. And also with like a zest for life and a sort of connection to yourself and your identity. So I'm so excited for what this this podcast is going to bring. Uh, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about my Jewish life growing up as well. So I was born in London. Um, I have a wonderful uh, mix of cultures with my parents so i grew up with two brilliantly different influences so um, born in london my father's british um, he met my israeli mother uh, in the late 60s and um, she she uh i'll have to i'll have to have my parents on the podcast so you can hear it from them but i think if i remember she came by boat from israel to um, london but i could be wrong <laughs> i'll have to get her on that does ring a bell the boat um and they met fell in love and uh so I've got this kind of crazy crazy Israeli mother and then this sort of gentle British father with sort of English sensibilities And I like to think I've taken the best of both of them (laughs) I'll blow my own trumpet for a minute so I've got a kind of crazy impetuous side and then I've got a sort of gentle delicate very British um reserved side so a bit of both I love those two influences going up. We grew in a park, I grew up in a park London called Hamster Garden Suburb, which is a Jewish area, but I never had that many Jewish friends growing up. I went to a school, a non-Jewish school, an all girls school, it was a really good education. I had some lovely friends there. I did have some Jewish friends, but at that age, I didn't really think about it if they were Jewish or not. I also went to Sunday school, which I did not enjoy. Um, Hayda, I really didn't enjoy. It was the Sunday school affiliated to our synagogue. Didn't really enjoy synagogue growing up. And in fact, that's something I want for my children. I have two girls, age six and seven. And I want I want us to find a synagogue or a temple, as you guys say in America, where I love the synagogue and I, my kids love going to synagogue and they, they love the Sunday school because that was something that. I didn't particularly enjoy as a kid. Um, I and mean, when you're not enjoying something, you're not learning, or you're not, you're not into it as much. So we did start synagogue shopping just before the pandemic. And then it's on pause at the moment. But I think it's we can just about restart it again. And I've got a few ideas of synagogues that that could work for us as a family. So that's something I'd like for for us. To find out you know our community because obviously I've got my Smashing Life community which is everything I I could ask for in a Jewish community but it's not for my children and I want them to to sort of have a beautiful synagogue community and I'd like that as well so um, so rewinding back so yeah growing up in London there was plenty of sort of Jewish influences I lived in Jewish neighbourhoods we had Friday night dinners every week. Um, and, you know, we, it was lovely. No matter what happened during the week, you know that Friday night is Friday night. It's a family night. Um, and then I went off um, to university to, study studied in Leeds. And one of the reasons I chose Leeds University, it's a, it's a city in the north of England, it's because there was a big Jewish community there. There was a wonderful Jewish society. And you know, both at Leeds University and at school, I had my Jewish friends, but I wasn't in the sort of big Jewish friendship group, if that makes sense. So there were some really, um, so there were some really big, very kind of confident Jewish friendship groups that I wasn't a part of. And I, part of me, always wanted to be part of the big Jewish groups, friendship groups. But equally, I didn't quite fit in with them. They were a bit, they were too, I didn't have their confidence. I didn't have that sort of sassiness at that age. I'd say I was a bit of a late bloomer, which looking back, I'm quite happy with. I'm delighted to have, you know, developed into who I am in later life rather than sort of peaking too soon, as it were. But yeah, I never quite found my sort of Jewish friendship group until even at university. It was the same. I had some Jewish friends, but I wasn't in these sort of main, there was big clusters of Jewish friends that I wasn't sort of part of. Um, and I always in a way found myself veering towards a lot of non-Jewish friends. And I think it was because I found them a little more real sometimes. Um, I just didn't quite fit in with the sort of big, loud, confident Jewish, Jewish friendship groups growing up. Then while I was at university, I waitressed in an Israeli restaurant. I, 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 I found quite a few Israeli friends. And I should also add that, you know, having an Israeli mother means I've got a wonderful big Israeli um, family uh, and every summer growing up we would go to Israel and spend a the summer there and just the most incredible childhood memories of hanging out with my cousins, the pool and eating chips in pita with hummus and just doing all the holidays, doing all the Jewish holidays in Israel or some of them anyway and it's just my most glorious childhood memories are summers in Israel with my family there so Israel is a big part of my identity and Israel is in my heart you know being half Israeli and spending so much time growing up in Israel and having incredible cousins um, and friends there so when I was waitressing at this Israeli restaurant I, I was actually I've just sort of had a bit of a realization you know when I'm talking about not quite fitting in with sort of big loud and proud sort of Jewish confident friendship groups as a teenager I wonder whether it's because I had this Israeli side of me that I didn't need to sort of talk about all the time and sort of talk about being Jewish to feel Jewish it was just something I felt and anyway when I was waitressing in this Israeli restaurant and meeting other Israeli waiters and waitresses who became very good friends things sort of into place for me i suddenly realized these are my people and why were these israeli friends my people because they were jewish but they weren't it wasn't something that you had to sort of talk about it was just there um and obviously i have that now with my adult jewish friends but as teenagers i, rem- I remember a lot of the jewish kids it was kind of like they went to jewish youth movements and they did jewish things and they talked about being jewish and it just wasn't quite me and that's why i didn't fit in with that and it was a big realization for me at this israeli working at this Israeli restaurant that I, um, this, these are my people, you know, people that it's just there, but we don't have to actually talk about it. Just like when you're in Israel and everybody's Jewish, but it's just there. You don't kind of need to talk about, hey, you're Jewish and you do this and so do I. And so that was a big kind of turning point, as it were, for me in sort of understanding my identity a bit more. That was that was sort of university and then 20s and after university, I ended up living in Tel Aviv for a few years. I went there just for about six months after university just to relax and kind of I thought this was going to be my big kind of fun six months before I knew I wanted to be a designer. I knew I wanted to be a branding designer and I knew like London was a great place for that. So I thought before I embark on this illustrious design career, I am going to spend six months in Israel waitressing and kind of going to the beach every day. But that actually turned into three years because, well, that's another story, actually. But I ended up finding a graphic design job totally unexpectedly um, in my first month or two there. Actually, I've got to tell you this story. It is such a great Israel story. I've got to tell it to you. So, I was just out of university. I was sort of what 21, 22, and I was looking for a place to live in Tel Aviv. Uh, meanwhile, I was staying with my aunt, my aunt and uncle in Petah Tikva, but I was looking for a, a sort of studio flat in Tel Aviv to rent, and I couldn't find anything. Like there were just things I saw didn't appeal, and I thought I'm just going to walk down Yehuda Street and walk into the first real estate agent I see and see if they have anything. So I did that. I walked into the real estate agent and the real estate agent, being Israeli, she says, what do you do, where where do you, and I said, I'm a I'm a graphic designer, and she said, really, she said, I've got a friend, he's a graphic designer, he's looking for another designer, why don't you give him a call, and I just think, that is why I love Israelis in Israel, because there's just this close, like in England, in London, that would never happen, you'd think, I do not know this person like they could be a a total weirdo I can't introduce them to my friend I I just met this person for one minute I know who they are and I love that in Israel there's this openness and this understanding of you know family it's a a sort of thing like a, a close family member would say so I just said okay I'll meet your friend and I remember I met her her designer friend later that afternoon we met in a coffee shop a wonderful guy called Aviv hi Aviv if you're listening and he gave me my first job as a graphic designer and needless to say this woman also found me my studio apartment in Tel Aviv um, I lived there very happily for a year and a half in Bogoshov. I love Bogoshov and uh, and I started as a graphic designer at this Aviv's uh, design agency in Jaffa and I was suddenly living the high life in Israel I had a studio in Tel Aviv I had a studio flat I was um had my first job out of university I was a graphic designer I could go to the beach at the weekends I was making fantastic friends um I had some wonderful friends from London that had made Aliyat uh, that, that I knew in Tel Aviv shout out to Robin and and others and um And I also was making some wonderful friends in Israel, in Tel Aviv. And it was absolutely one of the best periods of my life, hands down, um, those years in Tel Aviv. I also felt um, I could be me. You know, I've often, growing up in London, I did feel a little bit constrained by society and expectations and what society expects and maybe my own expectations. And then living in Tel Aviv in my early twenties was really formative because I'd look around, you know, queuing up at the post office or something. And I'd look around and I'd see all these crazy people just being themselves and doing their thing. And I just thought, well, if they can be themselves and do their thing, I'm gonna be myself and do my thing. And I really began to be me, um, sort of releasing myself of the shackles of expectation um, that I had felt living in London. So that was really, really formative for me, those years in Tel Aviv. Um, and I at one point I thought I was gonna just live in Israel forever I was so settled um, I, moved, I moved on to another much better graphic design job there I moved to apartments I found a beautiful apartment I had a brilliant flat share with my friend Robin um, who I'd met at university he's still a great friend to this day I love Robin to bits um, and uh, life was good but then the intifada happened you remember the early intifada in the 2000s 2000, in 2001 2002 and there was uh, a bomb actually at the Dolphinarium in Tel Aviv that was literally it was one of those moments where what I was watching on tv on CNN I could see out the window and um, it just made me think hang on a sec you know it just made me stop and think okay I'm having a great time living in Tel Aviv but what do I want in the long term for my life I want to settle near my family I want to you know as in my immediate family, my parents. I want to be in London near them, um, and it just it just kind of shook me up, and I decided to return to London. I've lived in London more or less ever since. I did have a, a period of a couple of months to three months living in New York City in my early thirties. I oh, was in my late twenties. I can't remember, but aside from that, I've been a, I've lived in London, and I still live in London with my husband and two girls. Very happy here so yeah fast forward you know and then back in London and I was developing my career as a branding designer here finding my feet socially having been at the loop living in Israel for a few years and bit by bit you know as we all do sort of growing into myself and understanding my identity and uh, you know I had many relationships before I met my husband but I had many many years of being single in between as well and I don't know about you but I ended up going to those kind of singles dinners and those events for singles and all that kind of stuff. And if you're listening, oh, my goodness, I bet you've got a story that you want to share. So, again, let me know at your Jewish life on Instagram. Send me a DM. I want to hear. But, you know, I've got so many stories and then things like, you know, I was living in an area called called Belsize Park for a while when I was single there was a rabbi in Belsize Park that wanted to get all the single people in Belsize Park together. So he hosted some dinners and every now and then he'd invite me and it was this thing where he'd send me, I'm having some dinners. Are you free on this date, this date or that date? So you like, you can't say, no, I'm not free on any of those Friday nights. So I always ended up feeling like I had to go. And you know, I did meet some great people there, but one of the reasons I'm mentioning this is because there's nothing I want to talk about on other episodes is the whole Jewish imposter syndrome thing. Because I remember going to these rabbis' houses and, you yeah, know, I'm Jewish. I'm my, both my parents are Jewish. I feel Jewish. I am Jewish. But it's this whole thing of I don't know what I'm doing with the washing of the hands. I don't think I'm Jewish enough to be here. Am I Am I eating the wrong thing? Am I saying the wrong prayer? Am I? And I think we all suffer from a bit of Jewish imposter syndrome at one stage of life or another. And if you're feeling it right now, I'm here to tell you, just throw it out the window. Just stop it. And just remember that it's part of being Jewish from time to time and it's totally irrational and ridiculous so let's stop with the Jewish imposter syndrome okay um if that if you take one lesson from this episode it's that no more am I Jewish enough um, do I know what I'm doing I'm not as Jewish as this person my grandma didn't make honey cake so my honey cake recipe from the internet isn't as good or I bought my uh my chanukia on from Target, it's not an old family heirloom, so I'm not Jewish enough, I'm not, let's stop with all this Jewish imposter syndrome stuff, and I think, again, there's room for another episode for that. On that subject, if you've got ideas for episodes, or guests you'd like me to interview, or things you'd like me to talk about, again, I'm expecting a flurry of DMs on my Instagram account, at your Jewish life, so that I can understand what you want, and, um, and and you know, these episodes are for you, so, please, please do feedback with all that. So yeah, so I was single, I had relationships, but yeah, I did my fair share of Jewish single event attendance, and that is a whole other episode as well. My goodness, again, let me know if that's something you want me to talk more about. Uh, But then as as looping right back to the beginning of the episode, I did meet my husband um, in my mid thirties. We were introduced on a blind date, and uh, here we are today. eight years no gosh this September will have been together 10 years since our first date and we are you know cliche to say but we really are happily married and we have two wonderful daughters and life is good and you know I look back on on my life so far and I think you really do get more confident of your identity and what you stand for and your values the older you get certainly that's been the experience for me and it's really empowering and and that's something I try to you know, put forward inside our community, inside Smashing Life. So if you want to know more about Smashing Life, head to smashinglife.club. Um, we are closed for enrollment at the moment, but you can join the waitlist. There's a waitlist link there, and you'll be the first to know when a space becomes available. So just make sure you add your name to the waitlist at smashinglife.club. You can also find out more about our community membership club. It really is everything you've ever wanted in a Jewish community. It is such a special place to share Jewish joy and, you know, we teach you these wonderful Jewish rituals that fill your life with purpose. It's also about meeting other amazing Jewish and Jewish women, whether they are local to you or international. It's about, most importantly, building the life you want on your terms. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. Take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram, tag me and we can connect like that. And by all means, I'd love you to also rate and review this podcast as well. That would be absolutely awesome. Any which way that we can connect, that would be great. So that wraps up for today's episode. That was my Jewish life so far anyway. If this episode inspired you in some way, I'd love you to take a screenshot of you listening on your device and post it to your Instagram stories and tag me at your Jewish life. I'd love to hear from you. Come on, let's be Instagram friends. If there's someone you know that would benefit from this episode, I'd love you to share it with them and I'd love you to subscribe and leave me a review as well. That way more people will get to see the podcast, hear the podcast. And everybody can be inspired to live their Jewish life their way and have lots of Jewish joy in their life. I also want to make sure you know about my free Rosh Hashanah 2021 guide. It's a brand new guide I've created, it's a PDF guide that you can download with everything you need to know about Rosh Hashanah and celebrating 5782 in style. So it's Full of everything from why we celebrate Rosh Hashanah, how we can do it in really easy ways, music you can listen to, recipes you can make, decor you can buy or make, all the rituals you've been dying to learn more about in a handy PDF guide. Of course, it covers all the food as well: what do we eat in Rosh Hashanah? What's some great music to listen to, all that good stuff. And it's for you whether you're Jewish, Jewish, or becoming Jewish just go to yourjewishlife.co slash rosh. That's yourjewishlife.co slash rosh, R-O-S-H. Hope you enjoy it, and I can't wait to see you again on the next episode.